What is going on, crafters? Welcome back to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. If this is your first time tuning into Dig Straight Down, I want to welcome you to the show. It's a podcast all about Minecraft updates, whether those are updates that are actually coming to the game or these are updates that we're just making up on our own just for fun. Either way, if either of those things are interesting to you at all, you're in the right place and I'm happy that you're here. Alright, so let's get into the Q&A segment of this episode. A few episodes ago, I asked you guys, how would you develop an auto-mining feature in Minecraft? So we're getting an auto-crafting feature in 1.21. Blows my mind. I would not have imagined this in my wildest dreams that vanilla Minecraft would have an auto-mining block. That's insane to me, and it's, it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around it, because this goes against everything that I thought Minecraft was really about, but it seems like that's the direction they're going, so my question is, well, just, what about the mining? What about mining? Mining is the other half of the game. We, we mine and we craft in Minecraft. So I asked you guys about this. How would you develop this auto-mining feature in Minecraft? Very theoretical. And here's what you guys had to say. Sarah said, a villager miner that will take emeralds and go mine iron and coal. Very interesting because it is, this idea, I don't think it's way off. Now, I do think that what's most likely going to happen is that we will see some sort of redstone type mechanic that would be an auto mining feature but i do like this one because it's a villager and we all know how hard villagers are to handle so that that already makes it quite difficult that will take emeralds so it it costs you something you have to work to get this villager and then you have to pay them and then they go mine iron and coal they don't mine everything um so this this might be that this could be a cool way to do it um, it seems like it's very reasonable for the cost, and then you don't get diamonds, you get iron and coal. So, very interesting idea, Sarah. Michael says, there could be a stone golem, which mines the block you mined last near the stone, and it would have the same speed as an iron pickaxe. So, basically, a copycat golem that you, you basically program it by your own actions, and then it basically copies you. I think that's a really, really cool idea. Uh, NRG Turtle says, a drill that is crafted with either a stone block, iron block, gold, diamond, or netherite block, and a stone cutter. This would mine what its pickaxe alternative could, but faster and automatically. Uh, and I guess you could uh, connect it to some sort of flying machine to get it to go in a straight line and actually mine stuff. Um, and maybe you could set up to where uh, a bunch of allays follow behind it and grab all of the, the drops. That might be interesting. This person likes chickens forever says, I think it might be better to not develop an auto mining thing. Too overpowered. But I want to say something. How about a piston that could be crafted with something to make it able to break blocks? A smashing piston. That's an interesting idea. We do have the pistons, obviously, and they move blocks back and forth. What if we had one that destroyed blocks instead? That would be really, really cool and would would fit very well in with the family of redstone blocks that we already have. People know how to use pistons. It would not be such a huge learning curve. And it actually is a very good sort of uh, parallel with the auto crafter because the auto crafter 
looks like a crafting table. It operates very similar to, similarly to a crafting table. So this could be the same thing, but for pistons. Um, very cool idea. Barbecue Chip says, make a block that could go in a minecart and could mine blocks ahead of it. It can't place rails, but if you craft that block with a crafter, then it could make rails while mining. Very cool idea, crafting rails on the go. The only problem is I don't think it would be able to place them, but maybe one day we could get something that could actually place blocks. That would be interesting. Like an auto builder. <laughs> Eventually, we're just gonna have so, we're just gonna have redstone uh, machines that play the game for us. We have builders, we have miners, we have crafters, we have golems that fight for us. We just kind of sit there and watch it all happen. <laughs> that would be crazy. I don't think that that needs to happen, um, but we could have a version of that that would not take away from actually playing the game. Lightning Med says, add a minecart that can create rails and mine. It would be hard to build and maintain, but it would be very useful. B-Man says, probably a minecart that you fill with pickaxes and rails, and it goes until either the rails or the pickaxes run out. Leo says, it would be in-game, the auto-crafter would be made, I guess they mean the auto-miner, the auto-miner would be made by using a piston, furnace, redstone, and a new end ore called end iron. Brayson says, make it hard, like in Create, but it would take hundreds of iron, a minecart system, and maybe something like a goat horn block or a deep slate drill head to attach to a piston attached to a minecart. Mine Kirby says, minor allays, like in Minecraft Legends. Heathy says, a pickaxe that can mine 4x4 four four and one that can mine 6x6. Six six. It would be cool, but it can't be enchanted with Silk Touch or Fortune. Geekson says, I would make a new mob called the Worker. When a haste beacon is active, it will start mining. Maybe other beacon effects cause it to do other tasks, like strength can make it attack hostile mobs. Uh, that would be interesting, sort of like a mob that um, can be, or a golem of some sort that can be programmed with the beacon. Could be interesting. John Marshmallow says, well, I don't think Minecraft needs one, because you can build auto miners with redstone already. And... On the same point, Avogado says it already exists. They are like TNT dupers, but they use pistons and slime blocks to move. Um, my argument against that would be, yeah, but TNT duping is not an intended mechanic. It is technically a bug, and I do think that one day they will remove it. So um, I don't think that we need to rely on TNT duping to do our auto mining and or just have our hearts set on that being around forever because I really think that the, the, the clock is ticking on that one and they're probably going to fix that sooner or later, especially if they intend on adding any sort of auto mining um, feature that could take its place because I think that they like the idea of auto mining. They just want us to work for it, and they don't want us to use bugs to, to do it. So uh, that, that is technically true, but I don't think that TNT duping is something that we need to look for as a, um, an intended part of gameplay. And finally, Coleman says, Kind of like the autocrafter, it is piston pushable, and when given a redstone signal, it breaks the block in front of it. That is the basic idea that we're looking for right there. Um, and I think that's probably what we're going to see one day whenever they add something like this. Um, so I'm excited to see it, and thank you guys so much for these ideas.
If you would like your ideas to be read out on this show, go to this episode on Spotify, interact with the Q&A post there, and I'll do my best to read out as many of those answers as I can in an upcoming episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's get into the main discussion of this episode. Now, last episode, I talked about how what the current state of weapons in Minecraft are. And when I say weapons, I mean intended combat features, not the emergent gameplay combat features that exist like in crystals and lava buckets and things like that. But the 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 official combat features like swords and shields and stuff. I talked about those weapons and uh, the pros and cons of each, and how there is a balance issue. So now I'm going to talk about how Mojang has in the past tried to address those balance issues in the form of the combat tests. Now, for those of you who don't remember the combat tests, they were a series of snapshots featuring changes to combat that never became an actual update. The last snapshot of this series was released in 2020. That's the last time we saw this. They probably have been working on this in the background, and we might see these things come to light in this current update that they're working on right now, update 1.21. I don't think that's official. I don't think we can... That's not a promise or anything, but that's something that I kind of expect to see happen uh, because this is something they've already been working on, have probably been working on in the background, and it makes sense for this update because this update is going to be focused a bit more on combat. So here is a basic summary of the Minecraft combat update previews in order. Combat Test 1 introduced charged attacks, weapon cooldowns, attack indicators, critical hits requiring full charge, and made sweeping attacks require an enchantment. It also adjusted weapon stats like damage and range. So they were dipping their toes into trying to see how these things could be rebalanced. Um, you know, swords already had that sweeping attack, and but then they tried to make it an enchantment instead. Combat Test 2 tweaked attack charging. It made critical hits bypass shields and adjusted weapon speeds and damages again. Test 3 allowed charging attacks by holding the button, made axes disabled shields temporarily, temporarily, and reduced shield blocking angles. Uh, Combat Test 4 let axes get sword enchantments, which made them super overpowered. It reduced arrow randomness, so arrows were a bit more accurate, and tweaked attack charging again. Test 5, lowered weapon damages, reduced default range uh, on your attacks, and made minor projectile changes. Test 6, added bow inaccuracy over time, meaning the longer you held a bow charged, the more shaky you became and less accurate you became. Uh, Player momentum on projectiles and some combat tweaks. Test 7 reverted some of those changes, readjusted weapons and shields, and tweaked combat mechanics again. And then finally, Test 8, the final test in the series that we saw in 2020, tweaked potion effects, arrow effects, eating and drinking, enchantment damage, and building mechanics. 
So you can see that there was a lot of um, reworking on some very, very core mechanics in the existing features of combat. They were not adding new weapons. They were not adding... Well, they were adding new enchantments. I'll, I'll say that. They were adding new enchantments because we had the cleaving enchantment for the axe that was, gonna, that was going to happen and happened in these tests. And also they were going to make sweeping attacks uh, require an enchantment. They were also going to let axes get sword enchantments. I think they re they went back on that and they said no, that was too overpowered. Which I agree, axes should not get sword enchantments because then that would just be ridiculously powerful. Um, but yeah, you saw they were not adding new weapons; they were changing existing features, adding a few new things here and there, but basically keeping it minimal on the new features that they were adding. So I want to focus in on some of these weapons and how they evolved across these combat test updates um, and how we might be able to trace and predict where these weapons will end up when an actual combat update happens. So an overview of how tridents evolved over these test updates. In test one, tridents were introduced with a base damage of nine hearts and a range of four blocks. Four blocks is pretty good. This made them really strong compared to other weapons. Uh, test 2 reduced that damage to 8 hearts. Uh, test 3 and 6 didn't do anything with tridents hardly. Uh, test 7, tridents became able to be shot from dispensers, and loyalty in tridents would return to the player from the void. Both of those are really, really great additions. And then test 8 added the impaling enchantment, which boosted trident damage against water mobs. Now you have to remember this was this is back a long time ago, so before a lot of these things were actually added to the game. So that this is where they were playing around with these ideas and eventually added some of these ideas to the game. I actually think tridents still have a very high amount of damage that they can inflict uh, on a base level. I'm not sure if it's nine hearts, but I think it's pretty close to that, or it were pretty powerful anyway. So um, tridents, yeah, you can see that they are a ranged melee hybrid weapon, obviously. They want them to have a long reach, and they want them to be quite powerful. So let's go to axes now. How did axes evolve over these combat tests? Test one, they had a high base damage but slower speed than swords. Just like they do now, their range was three blocks, so a little bit less than the four block range of the trident. Test 2, axes got a damage boost to disable shields temporarily on hit. This gave them a niche, because now you can use them especially in PvP against players who are using shields. Test 3 allowed axes to disable shields for longer. Their damage when attacking blocks was also kind of reduced. Test 4 was a big change. It allowed axes to get sword enchantments. And then uh, Test 5 reduced axe damage by one heart. And uh, for the rest of the combat tests, it didn't do hardly anything with axes. I do think that they rolled back the fact that they could get sword enchantments, but I might be mistaken on that. Um, but I do think that they should not get sword enchantments, or at least they should not get every sword enchantment. Because, let me, let me just say this, an axe with sweeping edge would be, would be scary. <laughs> an axe with sweeping edge would be insanely, insanely powerful. An axe with um, fire aspect? No, there's no way. But we're not doing that. I'm sorry. That's too scary. Too powerful. Um, so, no, I, I'm against that. So, what about swords? Let's go to swords.
how did swords evolve over these tests? Test one, swords had a reduced damage, but increased speed compared to axis. Sweeping edge was made an enchantment, and the sword range was increased to 3.5 blocks, so a little bit longer than the axe. Uh, test two, reduced sword speed from 2.5, uh, two, 2.5 from, from three. Um, I'm not quite sure what those, what those measurements mean, but anyway, the sword speed was reduced in that test. Test three, reverted swords back to that higher attack speed and allowed attacking automatically when charged. Now, I'm not quite sure what that means, but you did have that charging mechanic that you could do with a sword, um, and I'm not sure if that was how they wanted to do critical attacks instead of the sort of jump up and then hit attack that we do now to do a critical attack. It seemed like we were able like, to hold down our, our mouse button and charge up an attack and then release it, that would be really, really cool, and I would like to see how people were actually playing this around with this. Um, let's skip around to uh, test five, because test four didn't do anything. Reduced sword damage by one heart. Test six, removed auto-sweeping attacks requiring charges and enchantments again. Uh, test seven, reintroduced those auto-sweeping attacks and some previous uh, changes, and then test eight didn't really do anything with swords. So you can kind of see, yeah, they were just playing around with what can a sword actually do? Do we want it? The, the sweeping edge kind of comes up um, as a reoccurring theme in this. Um, because I think sweeping edge is sort of the core um, strength of the sword. It's the core niche of the sword and why you would want to use it in the first place. Uh, because it's really, really good against handling a crowd of mobs. So let's get on to the crossbow. The crossbow actually was not in any of these tests because it was added later on in Java Edition 1.14, which was the Village and Pillage update. But here are some key facts about crossbows, and this is kind of important because in the next episode, in a couple of days, we're going to be talking all about how to improve the crossbow. So crossbows, they're slower to load and fire compared to bows, but they can remain loaded while held. They have a higher base damage and piercing capabilities compared to bows. Crossbows can be enchanted with things like piercing, quick charge, and multi-shot. They can shoot regular arrows as well as firework rockets and tipped arrows. The loading takes time, but that time can be reduced with the quick charge enchantment. So that's really important to remember because in the next episode, again, we're going to be talking about how to improve the crossbow because the main point of these episodes I'm trying to show you guys is combat is unbalanced and this is how they're trying to rebalance it and how I hope they end up rebalancing it in the future. So in summary, sort of, at the end of these combat test updates, this is how melee weapons sort of compared on their um, on their base damages and on their sort of niche uses. Um, and some of these are really interesting. Axes had uh, five to seven damage, uh, depending on the material. Swords had four to six damage, depending on the material. Tridents had seven damage, all told, across the board. Um, then we have tools like hoes. Hoes had two to three hearts, shovels had two, and pickaxes had three to five hearts of damage. Then you had the niche uses, and this is where I feel like the, the tools kind of, kind of came into play. Axes had the niche use of shield disabling and high damage. Swords had fast attacks and sweeping strikes. Uh, tridents were a hybrid of ranged and melee attacks that were consistently quite powerful. 
Um, and then we have the tools. Hose had the longest reach of all uh, things that could be used as a weapon in Minecraft. The hoe could be used for that high reach, keeping your enemies away from you attack. And I feel like if you were to enchant a hoe with knockback, it would be the perfect pacifist weapon. <laughs> uh, and then you had shovels with the highest attack speed, which was really interesting. Uh, fastest attack speed. And then the pickaxes were the intermediate of all of these things for damage and speed. So you can completely ignore the pickaxes because you should just be mining with them. <laughs> um, so guys, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. It was just sort of like a fun overview of the, um, of the combat tests. Uh, guys, you can go to, I feel like, I can't remember who was doing all of the highlight videos. I feel like it was Sliced Lime, um, one of the Minecraft uh, employees who was doing a lot of videos on what exactly was going on in these combat tests. If you want to go experience those on for yourself, I would recommend go to YouTube and look these up. It's really, really cool, and it'd be so fun to see these come to life. Um, in Minecraft 1.21. Who knows? Well, guys, that'll bring us to the end of this episode, and if you want your ideas read out on the show, send them to me at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. I cannot wait to hear from you. And until next episode, everybody, continue to dig straight down. I'll see you at Bedrock. Bedrock.